I'm going to share so many passages with you today. It's almost like maybe going to be a little labor intensive if you're scrolling through um, the Bible. Get your Bible app out. Uh, but I want you to, um, to really be with me in this. Maybe you want to take some notes. Um, there's going to be some chances just to really um, center your heart here today. We started 2024 off with this passion uh, for God's presence. Really, uh, if you're new to real life, we love spending time like this in our, in our services in God's presence. We love our daily time with the Lord individually, personally. That time with the Lord needs to be filled with his presence in a powerful and miraculous way. Our small groups, we don't just get together to have good kind of, um, you know, conversations about scripture, about whatever. We want to actually experience the presence of God in every one of these environments. But here's what we've seen over and over and over again is that it takes a humble, hungry heart, a heart that's seeking God to experience his presence in a real way. He says, if you draw near to me, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you seek me, uh, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. I love this, that there's this sense of all, like energy, passion, desire, Seek him with all your heart, not just kind of when you get around to it. God, give us practices and habits and disciplines that say all. Would my life say all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, not just my words. Like, let this not just be religious lip service, right? That this would actually be the way my life looks. So we preached about fasting because that will help us develop a passion for God's presence. And it's so cool to fast. We're on day 14 of a 21-day fast today. Congratulations on day 14. You made it two weeks. we got one more week to go. We can put our hands together for all the fasting people in the room. And uh, many of you are new to fasting and just exploring what this looks like. It's so cool. Many of you haven't started. I want to encourage you. Hey, join us in this last week of fasting. You know, our staff team usually fasts every Monday. We would love for you to even join us on that. Fast tomorrow, and we would love to have you learn this discipline, this practice of fasting. It will change your life as you develop a passion for the presence of God. So good to strip stuff off your soul that has gotten attached through all the life that's gone on. That's what fasting does. Uh, last week, Grayson preached about prayer. Didn't he do such a good job? I love, love Grayson. I was so thankful for him around here. And... Uh, uh, prayer is such a powerful way for us to develop a more and greater passion for the presence of God. Today, I want to talk to you about Scripture, God's Word. And uh, man, the more you engage in Scripture, the more you can experience God's presence in, in more and powerful ways. And here's what, why I'm so passionate about this. Because when I know Scripture and you experience and engage in Scripture in a powerful way, you actually begin to discern um, an understanding of God's voice and leadership in your life. And the more that you can discern his voice, the more passion you're filled with. Like when like you spend time in the presence of God and he speaks to you, I mean, nothing is like that. That is the God of the universe, the creator and sustainer of all things, making his voice, his presence known in your life. Man, that is life-changing. And I want that for every one of us. I, I don't want a single one of us just to be like a, a lackadaisical kind of religious um, motion person. I want you to know the presence and the power of God, the voice of God in a life-changing way. And so today, we're going to look at Scripture together and get really passionate about engaging Scripture in a real and in intimate way. All right? That sound good? Good. Uh, you know, my girls, um, I have two daughters, one's 19 and one's 16, and I feel old just saying that out loud, uh, because when they were little, they were itty-bitty, um, 
we just developed this kind of thing where uh, I, have this, I have this simple little noise that I make, and it's not like a whistle or anything like that. It's really gentle and small. It was, it was usually they're like playing with their toys in the living room or they're not really looking at me, but I want to just kind of get their attention so that I could maybe tell them I love them, smile at them. I could give them some direction or instruction or whatever. And it just kind of developed through the years from a very tiny age to this place where, man, even today, if, if, if they were in this crowded room and you're all talking and it's loud and obnoxious or we're outside or whatever in a, in a room that's full of lots and lots of people, if I just make this simple, tiny, quiet little noise, my girls both know it's me. And they both look, they both are attentive in that moment. And it's such a sweet kind of picture for me. Sweet picture of what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 10. He calls himself in this passage, the good shepherd. And he says in verse three, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, for the good shepherd. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away. Think about that. They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. See, I believe that we can develop this same kind of sensitivity to God's voice. The ability to discern his promptings and his leadings inside of us. The thing that I've noticed about the Spirit of God is he's very quiet and gentle. He's not obnoxious. And in a world that is very obnoxious, it takes real effort and energy um, to discern this quiet, still, small voice in the midst of all the noise that's going on around us. Intimacy is something that is formed over time with lots and lots of effort, connectivity with God and his voice and discerning the difference between his voice and maybe your own craziness in your head and, and the voices of everybody else in your life. Like it takes effort and energy, but I think that this is the kind of work, this is the kind of practice that God is inviting us into because people that are committed to engaging scripture regularly, continually, discern the voice of God in their life and experience an increase in passion for his presence over and over. Every time you hear God speak in your life, there's just like that passion, you know, thing just like rises inside you. Like the, the fire inside your soul just is like fanned into this massive flame when you hear God speak into your life. And so my hope is that we would be a people that would actually engage in a way that we don't just sit back and settle for religious activity that doesn't have the intimacy of God's voice in our life. I would hate for that to be us. Just another church in another city on another corner that just does their religious thing while the city around us goes to hell. Like I would hate for us to be that passive, that disconnected, that unintentional, that lackadaisical about our religion that it doesn't actually change our lives, that we're not actually encountering the presence of God in a real way. And so I come at this with a lot of ah, just urgency inside me because ah, here's what's crazy about this is I want so bad for each of us to experience God's voice in this way in our lives, but it's something that you gotta want. Like nobody could want this for you. Like, I want it for you, but it doesn't do anything, right? Unless you want the voice of God, the leadership of God, the direction of God, word of God in your heart. And so that's my hope today is to develop that kind of discernment, that kind of passion inside of each of us. A couple of things just by way of establishing this conversation. One, we believe that this is God's authoritative word to us. 
I want this to be abundantly clear that this is authoritative in our lives. Every word of this is inspired by God and authoritative in our lives. This is not just kind of some practical advice. This is actually the very words of God that have been revealed over history. All these authors that are compiled in these 66 books were inspired, carried along by the, by the Holy Spirit to put to paper everything that they were seeing and hearing and encountering in God. Revelations. I mean, so many moments of God-inspired moments throughout this entire, this entire Bible. And, and for us, this becomes the supreme source of truth for us. I want you to hear that. There is nothing else that stacks up to the supremacy of this truth right here. There's a lot of authorities. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of different things in our world today that are claiming authority. And, and here's what we believe around here, that this is the ultimate authority of, of supreme source of truth for our lives, for living according to God's design and God's purposes for each of our lives. And so I established that and also want just to encourage you that the value of God's word is so powerful. The writer of Hebrews is painting a picture in chapter 4. He's helping the, the audience to understand that there was a season where God's people weren't really listening to God. Uh, he's referencing way back in Exodus when the people of God had come out of captivity, but then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And there was this picture of them crossing into the promised land that God had promised them across this Jordan River into a place. And he calls it in this passage, he calls that the place of rest. But they were kept out of rest, out of the presence and the promise of God because of their disobedience. Look at verse 11. Let us therefore make every, enter, every effort to enter that rest, the presence of God. Let us make every effort. I love this. Scripture is always going to challenge you to do your part. God is always doing his part. He's always speaking, moving, leading, transforming, working in powerful ways. But, but you and I have a part to play. And, and if we don't have a connectivity to the word of God, we're not going to know what our part is. He says, make every effort to enter that same rest, the presence of God, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Who's them? That's the Israel's guys, the, the ones wandering in the desert. They died in the desert, never got to cross into the promised land. For the word of God, is living and active. It's alive and active. It's not dead. It's not just a textbook. It's not just a collection of writings. Uh, we believe with all our hearts that this thing is alive, that every word in here can actually move powerfully in your life. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Oh, okay, this, is, this gets uncomfortable here. Like, like this is the word picture that the author writes here. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It starts to penetrate, even uh, uh, dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Why is this so important? Because the value of scripture here is laid out that this thing is like, this is alive. This is God's word to all humanity for all of time. Like even just saying that out loud is so supernatural, right? Like how could this written thousands of years ago by all these different authors, how could it still be so powerful in each of our lives today? It is an absolute miracle that God would allow us this opportunity to have the word of God alive in each of our hearts, speaking, moving, dividing, cutting, 
uh, helping us to discern between motive and attitude and showing us like, oh, there's inconsistencies and broken places in your heart and your mind and your life that need to change. And he's like, you got to make every effort because you don't want to be left in the wilderness in a place of disobedience. You want to experience the rest, the presence, the goodness, the peace of God that, that, that he has for each one of your lives. We just had a whole class of preschoolers walk in. Can we put our hands together for all those little ones back there? Ah, oh, I love those kids. I love those kids. Thanks, Jeff, for bringing them in. That is so cool. Uh, man, the, the, the word of God is so alive. And, and, and I want us to see that value. The other thing, um, Paul writes to Timothy, one of his apprentices in chapter three. He says to Timothy, as for you, Timothy, I want you to continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. I want you to hear a couple of key words. You have learned something, Timothy, and not just learned it like gained knowledge, but you've actually become convinced of it. It's so essential that God's word moves from a place of knowledge and understanding to a place of conviction. Like it actually begins to shape our attitudes and our desires and our, our thoughts and, and, and the way that we make decisions and the way we spend our time, the way we spend our money. Like I could, I could yell about money all the time, you know, God is our provider, but until you actually become convicted of that, you're not gonna actually learn how to tithe, right? That, that has to be your personal conviction. My job up here is like cheerleader guy, right? Like, I promise you, he is your provider. He has been so faithful in my life. Would you just trust him with your finances? But it's got to move from a thought to a conviction for it to become real, for you to actually behave that way and move that way. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. He's, he's acknowledging that. He's going, it's so cool, Timothy. From very young age, you have become convinced of all of this from the scripture. These scriptures are able to make you wise, Timothy, for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Think about the value of scripture. It's able to make you wise for salvation. Salvation is a moment for sure when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, but it's also a process of us being refined to become the people that God made us to be. See, Jesus uh, uses this language all the time when he's speaking of the end of all things. He calls himself the groom and he calls us as his church the bride. And he speaks over and over about him washing us by his word, that we are actually being cleansed by his word and being prepared as this bride who would one day meet the groom when the groom finally comes back for us. There's this imagery all throughout scripture of this amazing wedding feast and we are being prepared as his bride. Preparation means things in our lives are changing. There's wisdom that we are gaining, understanding for that day of salvation when we are gonna stand before our groom. Are we refined and prepared for that day? That, that really is part of this language that Paul writes to Timothy here. It's like not just that moment of salvation, but for that day when, when Christ will return, like that moment when we stand before him. Listen, all scripture is God-breathed. Every bit of it has been breathed out by God. Human authors, absolutely, but carried along by the spirit of God, the wisdom of God, the revelation of God. Every bit of this is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness so that you, the servant of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has given you to do. Ill-equipped servants don't do a really good job at being who they're called to be. And many of us have allowed ourselves to be ill-equipped and just kind of been in that space where we don't really do the work to become equipped for the work that God has called us to do. Maybe you're fearful or you, you've tried things in the past. You tried to serve 
you've tried to be used by God and it didn't go so well. And, and instead of doubling down on your training and your intense like exercise of what it takes for you to be ready, the next opportunity that comes around, maybe you just got discouraged and quit and bailed out. And now you just kind of sit on the sidelines of Christianity, calling yourselves a Christian, but not active in this whole thing of reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. And this is an opportunity for us to see the value of scripture and go, oh, like if I feel ill-equipped, good news, God has given me everything that I need to be equipped for the purpose that he has for my life. It's right here. And for you and I to go, oh, like, it's up to me then. There's got to be a hunger inside of me to seek that out, to find what God is wanting to say to me. Psalm 119, 105, David writes, your word is a lamp unto my feet. The value of scripture. A lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. Ever feel confused, lost, like you don't know where you're going? Ever feel like you're, you're uncertain about what steps you are to take? How amazing is it that God's word could become that lamp unto your feet? See, the, the critical thing in all this conversation, right, is our choice to engage. Whether or not we are going to engage with scripture and really learn to become a people of God's word and, 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 and passionate about hearing, discerning his voice in our lives. And I think that's my invitation to us is that we would become a people who engage in scripture consistently and continually. That it's not just like a flash in the pan, but that we develop a discipline, a practice, a daily habit of engaging scripture and allowing God to work in us and refine us and shape us and train us for righteousness that he's called us to. Like all these things that, that all these verses talk about. How can his word be a lamp unto our feet if we don't know it, right? If we don't actually have it in our hearts. And so I'll give you two pieces of encouragement. If you're going to engage in scripture, there's really two simple, I'd say, kind of points to it. Psalm 119, uh, I go back to that passage, verse 11. David says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you're going to engage in scripture, what am I trying to do? Get it in you. Get scripture, get God's word so ingrained in your life that as you encounter opportunities and challenges and difficulties, that you're able to grab the truth of God that, that has been embedded in your heart and your mind and your soul, and you're beginning to apply it to different circumstances and places that you come. If you feel ill-equipped in conversations with people that don't know Jesus, get it in you, because it's in those moments that the Spirit will recall the Word of God that's inside of you and bring it out of your mouth to encourage and help, and, and, and help somebody become who God made them to be, right? Like, it takes that intentionality of daily, diligent engagement, consistent passion and engagement in God God's word to get it inside of us. What is the goal? Get it in you. Don't just know about it, but get it inside of you. So like how you live this life and the way you integrate uh, everything of, of godliness into your life is defined by scripture. James 1.22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. He's, he's kind of preaching to the religious people right now. The ones that got good talk, but not a lot of action. Say the right things, but don't do any of them. He says, do what it says. I love James. He's so just straight to the point. Just do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, you see the practice of this, right? Continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. I love that promise. That if you would 
obey what God has said, if you would do what he says in his word, that you will be blessed in your doing. And promises in scripture are so powerful because when I get discouraged, I'm doing it, God, and I'm not really seeing anything change. I don't know if anybody else wrestles with spirituality this way, but I'm trying, and I, and I, don't, I don't feel like I'm changing or nothing seems to be different about this, then we need promises like this just to hold on to, to go, okay, God, if you said if I do it, I'm going to be blessed in my doing. And God, I'm going to keep doing, even though I'm not feeling something right now, I'm not seeing something right now, I'm going to keep doing because you promise I'm going to be blessed in my doing. The practice of engaging scripture is really that simple. Get it in you and do what it says. I try to boil this down for us, right? Get it in you, do what it says. And here's what, what's, what's amazing about this is that the more that you are getting it in you and doing what it says, the more intimacy that you develop and the more familiarity you, you begin to develop with the, the voice of God in your life. And it's like, like I started this whole conversation with like knowing the shepherd's voice, him going out ahead of you and you following him and you being able to discern his leadership in your life and not just being kind of like groping in the dark, hoping to get this life right, but actually confident, convicted. This is what God has called me to do. This is who he's called me to be. This is where he's asking me to go. This is the step he's asking me to take. That takes this process of getting it in you, doing what it says over and over, day in and day out. And oftentimes, man, so many times when I first started trying to discern the voice of God, I'd be like, God, what do you want to say to me today? And it was like he would just tell me to love people. And I'd be like, I was like, kind of looking for something like, you know, like really like spiritual. Until I started trying to love people, right? And then it was like, oh, like this is part of the refine. And it, maybe it sounds simple. It sounds so small. But man, in that daily habit of just discerning, trying to grow in my discernment of God's voice in my life, those little moments have given way to much larger moments. But it's like you got to be faithful in the really small stuff to be entrusted with more. And if you're not obedient in the small stuff, why would God speak to you about the big stuff? And many times we don't seek his voice until the big stuff is upon us. Am I right? And we don't know what to do. Like, God, where are you? God is not far off. God is not hiding. God has not stopped speaking. God is revealing himself constantly, consistently, all over the world. He is working powerfully all the time. It is you and I that find ourselves disconnected and isolated that have to do the work to reconnect our soul to the spirit of God and to the voice of God in our lives. It is always an invitation from God. If you would draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you will seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And, and when you and I kind of recognize, oh, if I feel disconnected from God, that is an invitation from the Spirit of God himself to say, come on, I want to show you intimacy. I want to develop a, a tuning to my voice in your life. Come on. That invitation is so powerful. So if you want to develop a passion for God's presence, you've got to engage Scripture. That's my bottom line for today. And when you do, it's powerful. A couple things I'll give you just to write down. When you engage scripture, one of the things you'll experience is rest. You could write down the word rest, and, and this is so important because that's what the, the author of Hebrews was talking about. You gotta enter into that rest. It's, it's a figurative picture in scripture of, of stop the wandering in the wilderness and get into the promise of God. Stop the drifting and, and, and kind of aching in your soul and get to a place of fulfillment and satisfaction that's found only in God. How powerful of a picture is rest? When you engage in scripture consistently, continually, you will find your soul getting to a place of rest. 
satisfied in the presence of God, satisfied because of who God is and what he has said about your soul and about your life and about your purpose, not striving, straining, wandering in the wilderness, looking for satisfaction and things all around you, but contented in the presence of God. People who are used to being in the presence of God find their souls at rest. Long for this for every single one of us. When you engage in scripture, you will find rest. The other thing that you will find is renewal. What do I mean by renewal? I get discouraged, you get discouraged? I feel like so much of my spirituality feels like a treadmill, you know what I mean? Like I'm running and running and running and it doesn't feel like I'm going very far, God. Why am I still, like I hate this, I'm still apologizing to my wife for stuff that I've been screwing up for 22 years. I literally feel like that. Am I ever gonna like change, God? And I get discouraged in that, and so I need the, the truth of God to speak into those places and begin to encourage, begin to renew my soul and fill me with a sense of love and compassion. Like, hey, it's okay, I've got you, I'm with you, you are changing. There are things about you that are, are moving forward. And man, you and I need that kind of renewal in, my soul, in our souls every single day. We get discouraged, we get beat down. Life tramples us so often and we find ourselves just wanting to give up hope and quit trying anything that's meaningful at all. And the moments in, in engaging in scripture bring so much renewal to our souls. And I long for that for each of us. You don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to keep going on our own. But when we engage in scripture, God's voice begins to speak over. See, there's, what did I write it down? There's 8,810 promises in scripture. These are promises from God that you and I in those moments of discouragement and doubt and fear can cling to we could hold on to. You said, God, that you would never leave me or never forsake me. God, I need you right now. That's a promise from scripture. God promises that, that if we will do what he asks us to do, that we will be blessed in that doing. God, I, I've been doing and I'm not, I'm not seeing any results. I need to see your leadership, your blessing in my life, God, in a real intangible way. Those are promises that you and I can cling to and find renewal in our soul and, and strength to keep going and energy and passion for the future that God has for us. When you, when you engage in scripture, you find rest, you experience rest, you experience renewal, and lastly, you, you experience refinement. Refining is maybe that piece that gets preached about the most, the changing. And I think it's essential, but it's also really kind of complex. And I've been mulling on this a lot over the last few days, just going, okay, God, I know that you actually do change us. Preachers preach this all the time. I preach this all the time. The power of God will change everything in your life, right? I'll preach it with a preacher voice. But what does that actually look like? And how do I know that it's God leading me to do this and not just me kind of in my own effort, in my own strength? Because I'm, I'm one of those achiever kind of guys. Like I want to I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow. I want to have an impact. I want this life to matter and be significant. And I'm not going to just sit back and then where do I kind of get out of, out of line? And I'm doing too much and maybe God's not doing the changing and I'm just like a self-help guy. Like I don't want to be like that. And I think that this wrestling is, is cool because it, it allows us in these questions and these kinds of musings to get closer and closer into the presence of God. And he can begin to reveal what's below that that ache and that question or that uncertainty or that fear or that 
that, that anxiety inside of my soul and help me to uncover that and unpack that and really encourage me in that. And refining has so much to do with stripping away because every one of us have brought so much baggage into our relationship with God. The newer you are in a relationship with God, it feels like the heavier the baggage is, and that's probably true. But as the Spirit begins to get a hold of us, all of those past mistakes and decisions and ways of attitudes and living and start to kind of fall off as we surrender them to the Lord, and he begins to heal those places of brokenness and abuse and hurt and pain and difficulty that we've endured, and, and, and he begins to put salve on all of that stuff, and we start to become more and more free, and it's so amazing to, to let go of things. Refining is all about letting go and stripping away, but I've also sensed the Holy Spirit preaching to me a lot lately about Richie, it's not just stripping away, because I feel like I've been cutting ever since I came to Christ. Like, cut that attitude out. Cut that garbage out, right? Like, get rid of that. And pretty soon, like, God, what else can I cut, right? What else is there for, for to be stripped away? And he said so clearly to me over the last few weeks, it's not just cutting, but it's also adding. And Paul says it all the time. He said, I want you to put off that old life, that old way of living, to take off those old clothes of unrighteousness, and I want you to put on the way of Christ, putting on the way of love, putting on mercy, putting on forgiveness, to actually add to our souls kindness, smiles, right? Like, why do we got to be Christians that hate everything and everyone? Like, that has nothing to do with Jesus. And I think it's so important that we, we put on the ways of Christ as the same time that we're stripping off, like scripture wants to add to our lives things that we currently don't have, like friendliness, right? Like kindness, graciousness, compassion. These things that aren't in our natural self. These things that aren't just like come to us because we have, you know, we're kind of a good person. at the No, like we're, we're jacked up. We're self-centered. We do things our way all the time. And it's so critical that we would allow the Spirit of God through the Word of God to bring new stuff into our life. These things that, that aren't trying to get rid of sin. We may get rid of all kinds of sin, but still not be nice. And our religion would be ineffective. These three things are... Yours, if you engage in Scripture continually and consistently. Bible reading plan on your Bible app. Just the verse of the day. I mean, lately, just, just spending just those few minutes, just, just pondering that verse of the day has been so powerful in my own life. I've gone through so many different seasons of how to read Scripture, and I can help you with some practicality. Um, we use a tool all the time around here called SOAP. Anybody heard of this? S-O-A-P, a few of you. I'll give it to you just because only four hands went up, okay? If you would have all put your hands up, I would have shut up right now. But, uh, uh, you know, it's simple. It's just reading scripture. S stands for scripture. You got to read it. And um, what I would encourage you on this is sometimes less is more. Because if it really is about getting it in me and doing it, like, good luck with an entire chapter of Scripture, right? Like, that's a lot to get in you, and that's a lot to do. Maybe you're brand new to Scripture, and you don't know where to start. 
I would say start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John's my favorite. Uh, if you don't know where those are, look them up, table of contents. But these are all for the life, ministry, and teaching of Jesus. You can look at the red letters. And in those red letters, you can know that this is Jesus speaking. And everything he says, do that. Does that sound too simple for us, right? That, that really is it. And if you do that for 30 days, I promise you, your life will be different. Scripture. You got to read it. Digest it. That's the S. The O is observe. This is a really important step because the Bible is not written to you. Jesus was speaking to um, Jewish people a couple thousand years ago in an occupied um, country that Rome was oppressing and taxing. And they had all kinds of cultural things going on, just like we got wars going on right now and we've got economies in shambles and we've got presidential elections coming up and we've got, they had their own set of that going on back then. And he's speaking directly into those places and in those people. And so it takes a lot of humility to observe, to go, who was Jesus speaking to? Who was this author writing to? And what was in their heart and mind when they are hearing what Jesus has to say? And it's from this place of observation that you can discern some principles within that context that he is originally teaching. And from that observation, you move to A, which is application, S-O-A, application. Application then is take that principle and begin to apply it to your life. This is where the obedience comes in. And here I encourage you with this application moment. This is not just like a good Bible study tool. This is the spirit of the living God speaking to you. He's giving you a next step to take. He's encouraging you with something to add or take away from your life. He's wanting to, to strengthen your soul in some way. That application is you growing discernment to the voice of God. The more you apply, the more you obey, the more discerning you become of God's voice in your life. And it's so essential that you and I don't skip this step and just read for knowledge's sake or understanding's sake. Sometimes it's great to read a whole chunk of scripture and try to get the big narrative and understand the whole big story. That's great for certain times and seasons, but I'm talking about just the daily refinement of, of becoming the people that God made us to be. Just take that little bit, observe who it's, who it's written to and what it's about, and then apply those principles to your life. And lastly is pray, P is pray. Pray, God, help me obey. God, give me the power, give me the courage, give me the strength to obey. Give me the wisdom, the understanding to, to do what you're asking me to do right now. That prayer is powerful and it's life-changing. It's you and I in these kind of places that we develop a sensitivity to his voice and we develop a greater and greater discernment to his voice. It's in these places that we actually begin to gain a passion for God's presence. As he speaks, you obey, you see God work in your life, Man, that just fills that, that, that fire inside you to experience the presence of God. I'm going to get up tomorrow then, and I'm going to do this again. I can't wait, God, to spend these moments in your presence. I can't wait for group this week when, when people are asking, what's God doing in your life? I got an answer this week. I don't have to sit here quiet because I've never heard God speak in my life. I've got an answer. God is working in my life. Like what a powerful opportunity, right? That you and I could experience God in those kind of ways, that you could be filled with that kind of passion. 
That you don't got to just kind of go through milquetoast Christianity and call it good. That you can experience the power of the living God inside you, leading you, directing you, moving in your life. That's what I long for for every one of us. That you would know the Spirit's promptings and that you would respond and that we would become a people who are strong and mature in the Lord and that his word would be alive inside of us and oozing out of us. That, that there would be wisdom and grace just coming out of your, your mouth and your life because of your your passion for God's word and for his presence, man. To see people blessed through you, to see people loved through you, to see people saved through you, for you to be equipped for every good work that God has ordained for your life to do, man. God, not to be a people that sit back and just wait for miraculous things to happen, but that we'd be actively engaged in this process of our transformation and the healing of our land, the salvation of our city, the transforming of our families, that we would be active dads, that we would see ourselves on the front lines of the battle for our kids, that we would not sit passively by, ill-equipped, wonder if our kids are gonna turn out okay, but passionately engaged in the battle that God has put in front of us for our marriages, for, for our schools, that we would see ourselves on the front lines in our schools, called by God, directed by God, put there on purpose by God to be a light in a dark place. Those workplaces, those neighborhoods, every one of those places, God wants to equip us to be the people he's called us to be in every one of those places. God, give us a passion for your voice, for your word, for your presence, God. Forgive us for being so lazy when it comes to your word, God. We wanna be a people who are engaged in your word. Amen. I don't think I got anything left, so let's pray, okay? <laughs> Why don't you stand to your feet with me today, real life? Some of you need to pray right now because um, you don't have faith in Jesus. And he's calling you to put your faith in him. Maybe you're nervous or terrified about what that looks like. A simple moment of repentance and humility. He says, God, I need a savior. It's really what that looks like. Stop depending on yourself and your own efforts to make yourself righteous and just turning to him wholeheartedly right now. In scripture, people that make this decision are always baptized right on the spot side of the road, middle of the night. I mean, like, it's crazy. That's why we always are ready for you. And we would love to meet you in the back here in a moment and help you take that step today. Our team would pray with you and walk you through all of those steps. We'll do that. As soon as I'm done praying, you could head to the back. Others of us need to pray because we have been lazy. We have been lackadaisical and we have just been kind of in our own head and our own world and God's going, no, 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 no. I got something great for your life. I've got plans and purposes. You're not equipped yet, but I'm gonna get you equipped. If you get in my word, you get in my presence, I'm gonna get you ready for everything that I've got for you. Amen. That kind of time and energy and passion, it's gotta come from inside you. And so you're just asking God honestly today, God, give me that hunger for your word. Give me the passion to engage in scripture that way. Let's pray together. Lord, you see every heart here and you see every decision that everyone's making, Lord, you know the obstacles, the difficulties, you know, the frustrations and the attempts in the past, God, to engage with your word, God, and yet you just beckon us back, God. Your grace is so good. Your mercy is so new every morning, God. 
You're not a God of condemnation, God, but a God of love. You're just saying, God, come on. I got so much for you. Lord, for those that need to be saved in the room, God, give them the courage to repent right now and turn to you. For those that are contemplating baptism, God, give them the courage to, to take that step today, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you would meet us powerfully in this time. We are so thankful for your word. Thank you that it's alive and active and able to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. God, I pray that you would just be powerfully working in our midst, Lord, and equipping us for the work that you have for each one of us as your people. God, we love you with all our hearts, Jesus, and we give you today in Jesus' name. Can you say amen?